welcome to the podcast. Uh, so this is the first episode in quite some time. So this is going to be a really big episode, lots of stuff to get to. So we won't waste any time. Uh, going straight all the way back to Monday Night Raw. That's how long we've been off the air. Um, there was a cool sign that I missed out on that I didn't really comment on earlier this week. Uh, it was actually a, a sign for Cesaro after he lost his, didn't lose his teeth, but his teeth, you know what happened. Um, so it, it's like a missing milk carton sign uh, with Cesaro's face with his teeth missing. So uh, pretty funny stuff there. Um, then there was this picture uh, from Vince McMahon Googling on Twitter, and it says how to look natural at home, and it's an image of Vince McMahon reading a book, and above him is a picture of himself. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, then there was this from Space Australia. This was a spoof. This isn't real, but a lot of people online thought that it was. Uh, the most exciting time in Australia's history has now been announced. It's now time for us to understand and explore our universe. And it says, announcing ours, Aus- Australian research and space exploration. <laughs> Some pretty funny stuff there. Um, then there was a tweet from Andy Stump saying, Could this spinning rock get any weirder? FBI seizes over 3,000 penises during a raid at a morgue employee's home. Um, so the story is right there on Twitter, but really, really crazy stuff from somebody that worked in a morgue. Apparently, um, he had 3,178 embalmed human penises at his home. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Tim and Sid tweeted, uh, does Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, playing in the CFL pique your interest? Uh, for me, I would say no, but if somehow uh, Kaepernick played for the CFL, that would get my interest, especially with what's going on. Um, there's a lot of rumors that he may be interested eventually in playing for the Montreal Alouettes for the CFL. Um, if that happens, that would be very, very interesting. And with the CFL, what's interesting too is that they actually have a history of bringing in players from the NFL. Uh, you look at Ricky Williams with the Argonauts, for example. Um, also, news to di- uh, news today, uh, news on the twenty eighth. Uh, Playboy founder Hugh Hefner passed away at the age of ninety one. Uh, and then this was an interesting uh, tweet from Uberfax. The average person spends approximately 91 hours a year trying to get sleep. Um, so that's pretty crazy. And then there was this tweet from Nature is Scary showing somebody that's actually trying to ride their own personal avalanche.
some really crazy stuff there for sure. Uh, then Matthew from Botchamania caught another mistake uh, saying that the Bullet Club taking on the Rockers and that doesn't exactly look like the Rockers. And then an inside joke for those of you guys that watch Botchamania from Matthew, um, Titus uh, was tweeting out, if you can say it in 140 characters, you talk too much. And then uh, Canada J was tweeting, Botchamania guitar riff. Uh, so Uberfax had a lot of really good tweets lately. They had one that said the first female self-made millionaire in America was actually an African-American woman. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted in the Matrix, which was made in the in the year nineteen ninety nine. Uh, Neo's passport actually expires on September eleventh, two thousand and one. So that's pretty freaky. It's also kind of freaky that somebody took the time to notice that. I don't even know where in the movie his passport shows up, but the fact that somebody saw that and probably paused it to to catch that, I that's even crazier to me. Um, Earthpix tweeted out this really cool image um, showing three different water spouts on the Mediterranean off the coast of Turkey. Uh, so really cool image there. Um, and then just a random brain dropping I had uh, watching 205 Live. I thought Neville once again did such a good job on the mic. Um, he just continues to do so well on the mic. He's one of the best, I think, talkers in wrestling, to be honest. Um, Uberfax also tweeted out, 51% of Americans in 2012 thought stormy weather affected cloud computing. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. Uh, people wonder like how Donald Trump got elected. It's, you know, 51% think that stormy weather affects cloud computing. I mean, you know. Um, then uh, to finish up the week, Tim and Sid continued their match games for what Canadian teams were left. One of them was the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so the Canadian season will be like, uh, and then it's got a picture of, of Maury Povich saying, you said your offense was going to be sufficient. The lie detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> Especially if you're a Habs fan and you've been watching the preseason games, uh, not exactly a sterling record right now uh, for Montreal. Uh, then Matt Stiggs tweeted, an accused NSA leaker was angry over Fox News always being on in the office. And Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, the moment you're ready to quit is usually the moment right before the miracle happens. And Stephen Colbert tweeted, if Roy Moore hates gays so much, why is he so into Brokeback Mountain cosplay? <laughs> And then this was a pretty cool uh, video. Uh, this was of a kangaroo rat avoiding a Mojave rattlesnake. So the rat's right there. He jumps up to escape the snake's bite. Uh, so really crazy image there. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out also a 2011 study found that men we're more likely to say I love you first in a relationship. I'm definitely guilty of that myself, so I do believe that study. Um, 
Sportsnet Stats tweeted out something interesting. Um, I've started to tune out of Blue Jays baseball this month just because they're so far out of it, but obviously I'm going to get back into the swing of things um, when the offseason begins, which is actually just a couple of days away now um, for the wild card games. But while I haven't been watching the Blue Jays games, uh, their rookie player, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, has at this point in time, and this was on September 28th, eight home runs, which is the most home runs in a calendar month by a rookie for a Blue Jay. It's actually tied for second with Carlos Delgado, who obviously was a pretty good Blue Jay player himself. Um, so he is, at that time, just a, few, just a home run away from the record. Uh, so pretty interesting stats there. Um, and as we talked about earlier, Hugh Hefner passed away. Um, but what was really crazy to me is what came out later this week. Um, Hugh Hefner is planning to be buried next to his first cover girl, Marilyn Monroe. Now, you know, at first that sounds kind of romantic and, you know, it seems like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. But then you kind of dig a little bit deeper into it, and the internet did, and it starts to become pretty creepy pretty quickly. Um, so Derek Blasberg tweeted out, From today's paper, Mr. Hefner will be buried in Westwood M Memorial Park, where he bought the mausoleum drawer next to Marilyn Monroe. And Sadie Doyle tweeted, Hugh Hefner non-consensually published nudes that endangered Marilyn Monroe's career and then purchased the right to be buried with her corpse. And that's the part that gets shady. People forget that yes, Marilyn Monroe was featured in Playboy, but it was without her consent and actually endangered her career. Now he's going to be buried beside her. Um, so it's like basically he didn't get her consent twice um, for some pretty crazy stuff there. Uh, Perry Stein added to that, what if Marilyn Monroe doesn't want to spend eternity with Hugh Hefner? They never even met. Uh, Zena Wozniak tweeted, is it too soon to joke about Hugh Hefner making unwelcome advances at women even in the afterlife? <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, Sarah Nicole uh, Prickett tweeted, uh, Christ, you can't even be alone in death without a man coming over and going, so is this seat taken while sitting down? <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, Ella Dawson tweeted out, this is not a cute story. Hefner bought the plot next to Monroe to spend eternity with her without her consent after he already exploited her body. So, yeah, that is pretty crazy. Um, then there was a bit of an excerpt here that Ella Dawson tweeted out. It says, finally, Hugh Hefner, the man who'd leaked Monroe's nudes in the first issue of Playboy, decades before the phrase leaking nudes was even in the lexicon, he became an instant celebrity. She had to apologize for the photos and feared for her career, bought the crypt next to Monroe's for $75,000, it was a gruesome joke sleeping with the woman he'd almost ruined and doing so without her consent, claiming in her death as he'd claimed the right to exploit her in life. I'm a sucker for blondes and she is the ultimate blonde, Hefner told CBS. It, ha it has a completion notion to it. I will be spending the rest of my eternity with Marilyn. So 
pretty crazy stuff there. Uh, then there was this tweet from Caveman. It says, you may feel comfortable, but never Ricky Steamboat drinking a Diet Pepsi in a folding chair comfortable. And he does look pretty comfortable. He looks more comfortable right there than I do right now. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Um, and then there's an awesome tweet here from CTV News. Um, basically, uh, in Europe, apparently, there's a sweater for sale for $1,200 uh, from Versace, which looks exactly like the old school Vancouver Canucks jersey. Um, and it's funny because if you go online to NHL shop, you can get the same sweater except it says Canucks for $40. So that could save you quite a bit of money if you're interested in that style. Uh, then there was a tweet from the New York Daily News um, saying that Jared Kushner actually did register to vote as a male. It was a database error that said it was a female. So we talked about that earlier in the podcast um, on another episode, but apparently it was just a database error. He didn't actually register as a female himself, although that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, my friend Mike tweeted out that Alien Covenant is better than Prometheus. I would not agree with him on that. I, I think it's actually the opposite. I thought Prometheus was better than Alien Covenant. Um, then there was an interesting story from the Financial Review. Uh, Tesla continues to do crazy things. Um, and basically, Tesla is planning to solve southern australia's power woes in 100 days so they're planning to use their battery to power southern australia um, in just 100 days um, so elon musk continuing to do crazy things and then there was this tweet from as we were talking about earlier neville who's doing such a good job on the mic lately he's doing a good job on twitter also uh, this apparently is a shirt for neville that just says Neville and in plain words it just says king of the cruiserweights and Neville tweeted out this atrocity is not on the Neville level uh, the king deserves better so I thought that was pretty funny and I would agree I think he does deserve better merchandise than that um, then there was this we've been talking about speaking of wrestling uh, global force wrestling no longer being the name for impact wrestling and on their new intro they've actually removed global force wrestling it just says now impact wrestling again so you know that company just seems to be an absolute mess still and then there was this tweet uh, from lama sherpa which i thought was funny a uh, picture of a te school teacher playing the piano in front of her school children saying whoop whoop that's the sound of the police that's pretty funny Um, then Joey Ducharme tweeted out the government regulation for the two biggest platforms that allow the, f the freedom of information makes sense. Uh, so Facebook and Google will face government scrutiny, uh, says Gingrich. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But the story is there from Fox Business, uh, tweeted out by Joey Ducharme. Uh, you know, pretty crazy stuff going on still with the government. Um, then there was this and this is where Elon Musk continues to take it to another level um, with SpaceX uh, basically he was showing images of what they plan to do uh, to complete missions to the moon 
and to Mars with SpaceX. And uh, Remco Timmermans tweeted out, this is not a typo, but it is very aspirational. Elon Musk wants to land the first two cargo ships on Mars in 2022, so not that far away, five years. And then he wants to have the first two crews with actual people on board in 2024, so just two years after that, seven years from now. So seven years from now, having people going to Mars, um, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and this is uh, an image uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX, SpaceX had uh, of his futuristic plans for a city on Mars. Um, so obviously some really crazy plans there. So uh, something that kind of flew under the radar, which I thought was pretty interesting, speaking of getting back into baseball and the playoffs, uh, the Minnesota Twins became the first team in Major League Baseball history. Now, anytime you hear that, that's a big deal because you think about how long Major League Baseball has been around. That is a long and storied history. Uh, but this is the first time in history that this team, the Minnesota Twins, uh, was able to go from being a 100-plus loss team the season before, so last season, to being a playoffs team the next. That's the first time in Major League Baseball history that a team has done that, going from over 100 losses last season to being a playoff team this season. Uh, so, you know, regardless of what happens uh, to the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs uh, this year, and I don't think people are expecting that much, um, they've accomplished quite a lot already. Um, uh, then Aaron Rodgers uh, tweeted this out which I thought was interesting uh, he said I can't imagine what kind of social media attacks these cameramen must be enduring after taking a knee during the anthem and wearing a hat. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting for him to tweet that, considering everything that's going on and, and basically poking fun at people that take offense to people taking a knee during the anthem. Um, but sticking with sports, uh, Swaggy P, I think, had the best NBA offseason. Hear me out. He left the LA Lakers to join the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and he won't even have to do much to get a ring. Probably won't even really play that much. Um, so I think he definitely, when it's all said and done, will be proven to have the best NBA offseason out of anybody. Um, then there was this, and you've probably already seen this, but it's worth seeing again, um, just because it was so cute and so funny. Uh, but a toddler actually took popcorn from Prince Harry when he wasn't looking. And I thought that this was hilarious, if we can get it to play.
so yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. That was pretty funny, especially when he actually did catch on and the faces he was making. I thought that was really cool. Um, so then there was this. Um, this apparently, if you've ever gone to a game, uh, you've probably seen people getting uh, nachos with the nacho sauce and whatever that sauce is. Apparently, this is what that sauce comes in the container <laughs> that it comes in and I said it looks like something that came out of somebody during a detox <laughs> it looks really bad um, so yeah pretty funny stuff there um, also going back to sports um, some really big news for the Oklahoma City Thunder just, the news just continues for their fans uh, Russell Westbrook agreed to a five-year 205 million dollar extension making him I believe now one of the richest played if not the richest paid players in the NBA um, obviously individually he's posted some incredible numbers to say the least um, you know where he was with the triple doubles last year um, you know just incredible stuff the question though is can he make it work in terms of a team uh, we know what he's capable of as an individual player. We've even seen it in All-Star games, um, what he's capable of as an individual player. But the question is, can he make it work as part of a team? Um, he was not able to do it with Kevin Durant. Is he going to be able to do it with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony? Um, that's the question that we'll find out this season and maybe next season too, depending on what happens. Um, then... I actually was able to go see quite a few movies, which is part of the reason why I haven't been doing podcasts lately, but part of the glory that is this podcast, Brain Droppings, is that I can share with you guys my thoughts on those movies, because I am, uh, in my opinion, a very, very big cinephile. I love movies. Um, I, 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 I just have such a passion for movies, so um, that's one of the coolest things that I think this podcast will provide over time is whenever I get to see movies I'll let you guys know of course what I think about it and you know you guys let me know what you think about the movie and my thoughts on the movie um, so one of the movies that I went to see uh, was as I was telling you guys earlier on other episodes the new Flatliners movie so I was really excited to go see it um, because I was such a big fan of the original one um, and I did see it, and I gotta say that it surpassed my expectations. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, um, but I would say that it was good, but I would still have to give a slight edge to the original. So if, if you were listening to my recommendations and you only wanted to go to see one of those Flatliner movies, I would still say go see the original uh, from, I believe it was 1990, uh, which starred Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and Oliver Platt. First of all, you know you can't go wrong with a cast like that, um, but it, it it was just, in my opinion, slightly better than this remake. The remake was not bad, I've got to give it credit, because uh, I'm a huge fan of this original movie. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect from this remake, but it wasn't bad. It, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, the only thing that gave, gives it that slight edge over the old Flatliners movie, and this is a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, fast forward. Um, but there's a scene in the new Flatliners movie with baby powder and dancing that just kind of killed it for me. Uh, just gave it a notch below the original. If it wasn't for the baby powder dancing scene, I would have 
put it up there with the original, but that silliness kind of ruined it for me. Um, other, I also saw some other movies uh, this weekend as well. Um, American Made with Tom Cruise was unbelievably better than I thought it was going to be. I think the ads don't even do it justice. Um, anytime that you can get Tom Cruise in a movie that has action but has a lot of comedy to it, that's when he's at his best, I think. And this is one of those movies. Like This movie is so funny. Um, and I, again, I don't think the ads do it justice. American Made was actually a really funny movie. The ending, you'll see. But the rest of the movie I thought was hilarious. Um, it, I thought, was also good. I, I did finally get a chance to see the movie It. Um, I thought it was good. I liked how it kind of followed along with the original uh, made-for-TV movie that became a movie. Um, you know, with John Ritter and Tim Curry. Um, I, I thought that it stayed pretty true to that, but I liked that it gave kind of like an edge to uh, like a more modern take on it, um, which I thought was good. Now, what's really interesting, and I haven't really talked about this on this podcast or on Twitter um, because I've waited to see the movie first, but a lot of talk about what It Chapter 2 is going to be like uh, because It Chapter 2 is going to be when they come back as adults. So a lot of people are wondering, like, who's going to be in that cast? And a lot of people online, a lot of different ideas. Here's what I would like to see for It Chapter 2 casting. I would like to see Amy Adams, because that little girl in the movie looks exactly like her. As a matter of fact, I would be more shocked if Amy Adams isn't casted in the next one, because it's, like, uncanny how much that girl looks like Amy Adams. Like, I almost think, it almost makes me believe that the studio signed Amy Adams for the sequel before casting this girl. <laughs> That's how much she looks like Amy Adams. So for sure Amy Adams. Um, I think it would be cool if Seth Green was casted this time as an adult, because Seth Green was a child in the original uh, 90s made-for-TV movie. Um, so to have him in as an adult this time would be pretty cool. And uh, just because I think it would be so interesting, uh, John Ritter was in the original one. I think it would be cool if they had Jason Ritter, his son, as uh, in that, that same role um, as the adult. Um, I think that would be very cool if they did that. Might be a bit of a, a, a leap for that to happen, but I think that, that would be very cool if they did do that. Um, WWE creative humor, though, going on back to wrestling. Uh, saying that protecting intellectual intellectual property out of pettiness is just too sweet. Uh, so the Verge tweeted out, um, "This artificial muscle could make lifelike robots commonplace." Um, so unfortunately, I can't play this clip, uh, or else we'll get us yanked off of YouTube. Um, but definitely check it out. Uh, Twitter.com/slash/TheJohnDNewton. Uh, very very cool stuff there. Um, Dan Savage tweeted out a lot going on, a lot of backlash with how Donald Trump is trying to handle or not really trying to handle uh, the hurricane relief in Puerto Rico. Um, Dan Savage tweeted out that refugees from Puerto Rico can get their revenge on Donald Trump and the Republicans by settling in swing states and voting for Democrats. So that's an interesting idea there. I think the problem with that, though, is that most of those swing states I don't think have enough jobs to support those refugees, um, you know. 
Um, then there was this interesting bit uh, for Tim and Sid. Apparently, uh, Allison tweeted out, I was watching Miley Cyrus's live video on Instagram, and then all of a sudden this happened. I do not know who this man, Tim McAuliffe, is. So Tim McAuliffe is uh, one of the hosts, obviously, Tim from Tim and Sid. Um, but this picture is hilarious. <laughs> Tim is there. I don't know how... Um, so this is hilarious. I don't know how Tim uh, got on this, but it's pretty funny. And obviously that girl seemed pretty upset about that. Uh, so then there was a lot of talk about Hillary Clinton being in Toronto. To be honest, I'm not your biggest fan, so I'm not even going to focus on that. I'm more interested in, and I think a lot of Canadians and Americans are interested in what Barack Obama had to say when he was in Toronto as well. Uh, so he did say quite a few things that were interesting. One of them was a world where 1% controls as much wealth as everybody else will not be stable politically or socially. And I could not agree with him more on that. Um, he also said we have to reduce economic inequality at home and we have to do more to close the gap between nations. In addition to that, he said, we have to rebuild the consensus around the openness to immigrants and refugees. And we have to anticipate where the economy is going and ensure that young people are equipped to deal with it. So all some really, really interested and interesting and valid uh, takeaways uh, from what Obama was saying there. Um, so Yahoo tweeted out, and this blew up the internet, this was crazy, um, did Leonardo da Vinci draw a naked Mona Lisa? Um, so there we've got obviously the original most famous, one of the most famous, if not the most famous painting in the world, Mona Lisa, and here we have what appears to be a drawing or a sketch of Mona Lisa naked. Um, so there is a lot of takeaways from this, obviously. Um, Ace of Spades uh, tweeted out, y'all leaking her nudes. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, then there was this. This was pretty cool. So uh, Kimberly Boswell tweeted out, so two of my classmates just asked our professor if his shirt is missing a second part. Um, so this shirt, if you can't really see from the YouTube video, it says there are two types of people in this world. And then it says, one, those who can extrapolate from incomplete data and that's it. So if you understand the shirt and how funny it is, then you're number one. If you're like one of her two classmates that had to ask the professor, you know, it's missing a second part, they're the second type of people. So pretty funny shirt there. Um, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, you can't blend in if you were born to stand out. I thought that was a pretty cool tweet. And then there was this tweet from uh, Dana White showing a nasty foot sweep and knee. Um, so pretty cool video there as well. Um, then there was a few interesting videos from The National that I wanted to play for you guys here on the podcast. Uh, the first one has to do with, specifically in Canada, uh, how much pharmaceutical prescriptions are costing the average Canadian and what the government can do for that, uh, whether or not it's time for Canada to start paying for that. So really cool video that I wanted to share with you guys.
When Paul Scott was diagnosed with kidney cancer, the cost of his meds was almost as big a shock. That's a lot of dough, uh, $6,800. And um, I just figured they were going to have to either burn each other house or uh, I won't take the drug, one of the two. In the end, Scott eventually qualified for coverage under a special program. Still, Canada is the only country with universal health care that doesn't cover prescriptions, too. About one in five Canadian households has a hard time paying for medication. That's why Parliament's independent budget officer was asked to break down what universal pharmacare would cost. The latest figures show the cost of medications in Canada is about $28.5 billion a year. A patchwork of public and private plans pays for most of it, but many patients pay out of pocket. The budget officer estimates a national pharmacare plan would cost the government almost $10 billion less a year. Here's why. Cheaper generic drugs would be given preference over name brands. Some expensive new drugs wouldn't be covered. A $5 deductible prescription would further offset the cost. And experience shows a single drug buyer like a national plan gets big discounts for buying in bulk, so that could drive prices even lower. This is another report in a long line of research and other reports that show that this is one of those really beautiful pieces of public policy where you can expand coverage to everybody in Canada and reduce costs at the very same time. But drug companies warn forcing their prices down could hurt their ability to do research. This health policy expert says nonsense. The United Kingdom has a universal drug plan as part of their universal health insurance system. Uh, they pay 40% less on medicines than Canada does, and yet they attract five times as much pharmaceutical research and development on a per capita basis. The Liberal chair of the parliamentary committee that asked for this report calls the findings exciting. But federal governments have a long history of kicking pharmacare down the road, and this Liberal government is only saying it'll review the report and makes no further promises. Vicodopia, CBC News, Toronto. Uh, so definitely very interesting topic there. Um, but then there was another interesting thing that they went into, talking about Olympic security concerns uh, with the Olympic Games happening in South Korea, uh, something that people easily forget about. Skating in sequins, spinning to the Beatles. They're not what you might expect from North Korea. And yet, this graceful pair competing in Germany today may lower tensions more than any bluster across the Pacific. If they finish in the top four, they'll be the only North Korean athletes to qualify for this winter's Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. They're in fifth place so far. Among some in Seoul, that pair is almost as popular as the two Olympic mascots on display downtown. Having even one North Korean athlete here would be great, says In Seok. Then the North would never attack the Games. As February's competition approaches, organizers are trying to drum up excitement and dampen fears. Don't worry about security at these Olympic Games, he said. Korea is one of the safest countries. But there have been worries. With Olympic venues just 80 kilometers from the border with North Korea, its missiles and nuclear tests nearby, an attention-grabbing attack would be easy. French Sports Minister Laura Flassel has already said she would pull France's athletes if their safety was in doubt. 
Canadian athletes have already competed in Pyeongchang this year in several international events, speed skater Evany Blondin among them. Not too concerned right now, and I know mom and dad are probably a little more concerned than I am. She says she trusts the judgment of the Canadian Olympic Committee, and right now it says there's no danger. If they were to tell us that we're not going, it would be extremely, extremely disappointing, and um, but I trust, I trust in the decision. For all the assurances, South Korea has decided to tighten security some more. They're doubling the number of soldiers, creating a special Olympic SWAT team and another team to prevent cyber attacks. IOC officials say at this point, this late, there's just nothing else to do with the Olympics. As they put it, there just is no plan B. Sasha Petrosik, CBC News. So some pretty crazy stuff there. Um, something that you don't think about the security in, in South Korea for those games, but definitely with what's going on in the world, that, that should be a concern. Um, then there was a tweet here from Joe Rogan, a low-carbohydrate diet superior to antipsychotic medications. So pretty interesting story there. Uh, that from Psychology Today. Uh, Max Dahlman tweeted out, you know why I love Red Band? Red Band uh, used to actually make the Joe Rogan podcast uh, with Joe Rogan. Uh, he gives direct download links on every episode ever. He started all of your favorite comedians' podcasts, and he has never charged for them. And that's absolutely right, and that's part of the reason why uh, we don't charge for this podcast either. It's, it's kind of modeled after what they were doing with Joe Rogan's podcast and other comedians' podcasts. Um, I, I like that aspect of it. I like the aspect of making these podcasts free. Um, obviously, we would love to have advertisers uh, like Joe Rogan's podcast, but you know, we know that this is just a startup podcast right now, and hopefully, you know, it'll get to a bigger level with with your support, of course. Um, but yeah, like it, it's it's definitely an important aspect of it. I I would say. Uh, then Lauren Myers tweeted out. I'm definitely going to die in the apocalypse because I keep stealing the batteries from my flashlights to put into my vibrator. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, then I was watching another movie yesterday. wasn't that great, but it was called uh, Absence of Malice uh, with Paul Newman and Sally Field. Um, in that movie, though, speaking of the Joe Rogan podcast, one of his friends, Joey Diaz, um, in that movie, Absence of Malice, uh, Paul Newman is actually accused of the murder of Joey Diaz, so I thought that was pretty funny uh, as well. Um, also going back into sports, and as I was saying, this season, uh, for this last month, I've kind of tuned out the Blue Jays games, um, just because they're so far out of it. Um, but Steve Phillips on TSN did a really great article, and again, it's on twitter.com slash Newton, um, where he's talked about what the Blue Jays off-season blueprint for success would look like. Uh, so really interesting article. I highly recommend it if you're a Blue Jays fan. I think he's got a really good idea, to be honest. Um, then another kind of brain dropping is that there's two rainforests in the United States, but now there's only one. Which one did we lose? That would be the one in Puerto Rico. Um, and my own personal thoughts, you know, when I heard that Hugh Hefner had passed away, I had to reach for a tissue, and then I had to reach for another tissue and another one. I'm, I'm sorry, I had to make that joke. Um, then I'm starting a new hashtag. 
uh, hashtag eligible catcher. That would be me, of course. So let's see how big we can get that hashtag going on the Brain Droppings podcast. Um, then there was a tweet from Uberfax. They said, the government spends only 0.1% of their GDP on things that help people with workplace changes like relocation subsidies and job counseling. And that is what kills me. Um, you know, I'm currently in between jobs right now. Uh, that's why I've been spending so much time on this podcast. Who knows, maybe this will become my job. But um, I, I share in that frustration. I think if the government spent more money on job counseling, on job training, uh, funding for education and training, um, it would be a win-win situation because what would happen? People would get higher paying jobs, they would pay more taxes, those tax dollars would go into the government, um, the economy would be more vibrant. You know, I don't understand why the government takes this like far away approach from things. I think they should do more to try to help people get uh, higher paying jobs. But again, obviously that's coming from a very personal place uh, for me right now, but it's definitely what I'm thinking as well. Um, so interesting timing that Uberfax would tweet that. Um, Uberfax also tweeted that there's a study found that people born in the summer are more likely than those born in the winter to have frequent mood swings between happy and sad. I find that to also be an interesting uh, tweet because that's kind of something that I've observed uh, knowing some people that were born more in the summer. You do kind of see sometimes a bit more of a mood swing than people born during the winter. Um, Donald Trump tweeted out, very important that NFL players stand tomorrow and always for the playing of our national anthem, respect our flag and our country. Doug Benson responded to that and said, super important that no one stand tomorrow. It's not anti-American, it's anti-systematic racism. Hashtag take all knees. So I would agree with Doug Benson there. Um, then Aparna tweeted out, another quick easy way to not disrespect the flag is to help an entire island in crisis rather than reminding people to stand for the anthem. And I would add to that, or remind them that they're in debt, as he constantly does to the people of Puerto Rico. Um, then there was this tweet from Hold My Beer, uh, Hold My Beer Will I Jump Over This Hay Bale, and this one that says Hold My Beer Will I Kick This Tree Down. Um, and then we will wrap up this podcast uh, with a tweet from Uberfax saying that, Researchers have shown that anger can make us push on towards our goals in the face of problems and barriers. Uh, so very interesting tweet there. I would tend to agree with. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching the show. We will see you on the next episode.